2: The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall, your host for another excursion into the dark and frightening world of the macabre. I've been presiding over these trips away from the ordinary world for a long time, and every one of them turns up a surprise. As you look around, you'll see that we're in New Hampshire, and this is Wheeler College. That pleasant older man sitting in his comfortable office is head of fine arts, and his name is Homer Knowles, a professor. Ted? Hello, Homer. Are you still laughing at me and Diane and Ben? No, I'm not, Ted. May I come over with that engraving? Of course. Why, has anything happened to the drawing? Something very extraordinary has happened. A figure has appeared on it. A figure of a man crouching on the mansion porch. Our mystery drama, The Figure in the Moonlight. Was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Roy Windsor and stars Patricia Elliott and Paul Hecht. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Contact, the 12 hour allergy capsule. I'll be back shortly with Act One. We live in two worlds the real and the fantasy. Sometimes they overlap. When we sleep, our subconscious becomes active. And when we awake, we may discover that it has provided us with a solution to a problem or with an inspiration. Maybe the expression, let me sleep on it, acknowledges the power of our shadow mind. The subconscious is, of course, a fact. The extent of its power is unknown. For example, is it possible that Subconscious thought exists and has force even after death. Let us consider that as we eavesdrop on Professor Homer Knowles late one snowy afternoon. Come in, Ted. Come in. Am I uh, I late? Oh, no, no, no. It's nothing important. Good. Ben and I became so absorbed in what he calls the importance of continuity. Uh, Ben... Oh, oh, Ben Ware, of course. Yes, one of the best graduate students we've ever had, Homer. Oh, yes, exceptional. Oh, what's this uh, mundane subject you wanted to discuss? A bequest to the college. Ah, I like that. Who's bestowed what on us? Mrs. Albert Pope? Pope. Don't think I know her. Oh, it's unlikely that you would. She died a few weeks ago and has left whatever art she owned to the college. Don't get your hopes up. She was a poor, simple woman. Ah, a thoughtful gesture all the same, Homer. Unusual. You knew of course. Yes, slightly. The college has paid her a pension for years. Her husband was superintendent of our fine arts building for a long time. And you arranged it so her husband's pension would go to her. That's like you. Oh. It's the only decent thing to do. Of course. Sure it was. Your irony is transparent, Ted. <laughs> so is your sentimentality. All of us know it, Homer. And we respect you for it. And uh, the bequest? Would you pick it up for us, Ted? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you. Look it over and evaluate it. There won't be many pieces. Photographs, prints, a watercolor or two. Nothing of value, probably. Except to her. I appreciate this, Ted. Glad to do it. If her things have no value, perhaps we should give them to the thrift shop at the hospital. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, Who knows? She may have owned a masterpiece without knowing it. (laughs) Well, I doubt that. But you never know. The Pope's lived up here for years. She just might have collected an early local artist. Well, let the stuff over and give me a report. I'm on my way. Is that you, Ted? Hi, darling. Here, give me a hand.
3: Now what have you dragged home? And the soul
2: of Mrs. Albert Pope.
3: Give it to me in English, Professor. No, I mean it.
2: Here, take this old photo album. All right. Yeah,
3: this
2: big portfolio is heavy.
3: Where did you get all this junk? Homer
2: had me pick it up from Mrs. Pope, uh, the late Mrs. Pope. She gave all this stuff to the college i give it a quick glance. Find
3: anything? You know my dream. It uh-huh.
2: won't come true this time, Diane. Now, there's no treasure here. But there is one thing that's interesting. Here, let me hang up my coat and I'll show you. But
3: Ben's expected any
2: minute. It's almost seven. Oh, it is? Oh, I didn't realize it was so late. Oh, this was, This will only take a second, Diane. Now, come on. I want you to see this and take a look.
3: <sighs> hey. Oh, it's really quite lovely. Yeah,
2: it's pretty good engraving. All the other stuff has no real value. Reproductions, mostly Van Gogh. Two of the sunflowers are Renoir. She
3: had good taste. Yeah,
2: and a lot of photographs. Ben might like them. He collects pictures of old New Hampshire houses.
3: Then he ought to have this engraving. Hey, that's an idea.
2: Well, what do you think of it?
3: I like it. Hmm. That's a fine Victorian house and grounds. Whose house is it, do you know?
2: No, no idea. It is a pretty good engraving. Clean lines, flagstone path leading up to a wide front porch, three floors. Nicely framed by firs. Look, the house plantings are very well done. But? Uh, you know as well as I do, Diane. It really needs a figure in the foreground to give the picture a focal point. As it is, it's, well, it's just an engraving of a house. A beautiful house. Yeah, but the engraving is only architectural, like a plan. It has no meaning. It's just a, just a house. Who's the artist? I don't know. It's unsigned. Yeah. With a figure in the foreground, the engraving would come alive.
3: Well, Ben will still like it.
2: Well, there's no reason he shouldn't have it. Or some of the old photographs. (laughs) He's a bug on the past. What he doesn't want, I'll take over to the hospital thrift shop. They can sell them. Must be Ben. I'll wash up and be right back, Diane. You play host. Hi.
3: Hey, come in, come in. Wow, you look pretty, Diane. Ah, Flattery earned you a cocktail. And thank you. Where did you get your manners? Most art students are reclusive.
2: Well, I'm absorbed by art, but I can also see beauty around me Oh, you're too much
3: Ted will be right out He came home just a few minutes ago Hey, look Oh, well, what's all that? The aesthetic side of the late Mrs. Pope Look it over and take what you want uh, I have to uh, check on dinner Oh, here's Ted
2: Hello, Ben, what can I fix for you, the usual? Yeah, please well, Why don't you sit down in front of the fire? Uh, who is Mrs. Pope? I'll tell you all about her in a minute oh, Not that I know much more than you do Hey, here you are white and as cold as a ski lift. <laughs>
3: Half an hour and we eat.
2: Uh, here you are, darling. Mm, thank you. Uh, a toast. Right on. Uh, here's to us. Who's like us? Damn few. I'd love it. Where did you pick that up, Ben? <laughs> no, when I was in college in Chicago years ago. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that, uh, that you're from the Midwest.
3: Why did you abandon Chicago with its arts institute and the universities with their, well, excellent fine arts departments and come to this little cottage?
2: I love New Hampshire. And then there's Professor Knowles and Ted. They know everything. Uh, Hardly, Ben. More than I'll ever know.
3: You really like the
2: climate? Yeah, I really do. Real winter. Unspoiled forests, uh, clean air, remoteness, the snow. All of it keeps your perspective straight. Maybe yours. Mine freezes up.
3: Give him the pictures, Ted. Ah, yes.
2: The Mrs. Albert Pope Collection. Uh, She left that meager pile to the college, and, uh, well, there's one picture you might admire. No, 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 no. Stay where you are. Yeah, it's quite a good engraving of some old mansion.
3: You collect pictures of old homes, don't you, Ben? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I like them. Uh, they give me a sense of uh, uh, continuity mm. yeah, and stability. Yeah, here we are. Oh, wow. It's beautiful. That's a beautiful house. Yep. That's yeah, a pretty good engraving. All well, it lacks is a figure in the foreground to give it a focal point. Well, there is a figure in the foreground. No, wrong. Well, there is, really. Take a look. Well, oh, both Diane and I. Well, have... Let me see. There. You see? Next to the path. The figure of a man on his hands and knees crawling towards the house. Uh, I swear. I swear, too. Well, you showed me the engraving, Ted. There was no figure. Well, maybe, maybe you just glanced at it. No, no. We looked at it under the light. There was nothing in the foreground. Well, there is now. A man furtively crawling across the lawn toward the porch. Yes, darling?
3: Are you going to stay up? It's late.
2: Come on, come on. Sit down. Sit down for a minute, Di. Oh, it's cold in here. I'll toss another log on the fire.
3: Not for me. I'm ready for the down comforter.
2: Yeah, so am I, but... I just can't get that engraving out of my mind.
3: We made a mistake, that's all. There's no question there's a figure in the foreground.
2: there, There wasn't.
3: Well, I didn't think so either. But there is.
2: Well, I studied the thing. The foreground was empty. So what? So it's mystifying. I don't like that. Can't you admit we made a mistake? Yeah, I've made lots of mistakes, but this wasn't one of them. I saw what I saw. Now, let's, let's take another look at it.
3: Ben looked at as if we were a, a little mental.
2: Yeah, well, I don't blame him. Now, come over. Come over by me, right? An eye
3: check, right? Right.
2: It's gone. Come on. The figure of the man crawling toward the house. It's gone. Now, you tell me...
3: It wasn't there when we first looked at the engraving, and then it was there when you showed it to Ben Where and now nothing.
2: Well, you agree I haven't gone mental?
3: Well, if you have, so have I. How in the world do you explain it, Ted? Oh, I can't. Is this some kind of
2: drawing technique? No, or... no, no. That's a plain, straightforward engraving. Uh, Homer might know. Well, call him up and let's take the picture over to him. Oh, it's pretty late. Only
3: I... 10.30. You want to sit here and brood over the thing until you freeze to death? Oh,
2: I, I feel ridiculous.
3: I'll call him. He's only half a block away, and he stays up late. I
2: know this simply makes no sense. Ted, you expect me to believe that the engraving had no figure in the foreground, and that then one appeared, and that now it's gone again? Well, see for yourself, Homer. Well, that won't do much good. (laughs) I never saw the figure. Oh, this is just foolish, Ted. Well, here, take a look at the thing. Well, it's quite good. Not valuable, but well-etched. The prize among the collection of Mrs. Polk? Yeah, all well, the rest is nothing. It's prints and a lot of photographs. Hmm. The house looks familiar to me. Well, that's the clue. I mean, if we knew the history of the house, we might be able to explain this phenomenon. Oh, phenomenon, my foot. But honestly, Homer, the three of us saw what we saw. Hmm. Ah, oh, let me see I wonder if that could be the home of that young judge. He's long since dead. Uh, who? Uh... Now, what happened to him? Oh, yes, yes. Now, I remember. He shot and killed a man for trespassing. Good heavens. Well, why the devil would Mrs. Pope have the engraving? Now, who was the judge? Well, I just can't remember. It was years ago. Maybe as many as 25 and... Did you say he killed a man? Well, can you remember who? it um, might have made news. Oh, not as much as you might think, Ted. It was an occurrence. Murder is an occurrence. Up here, a man's property is inviolate. And Homer, who was killed? Oh my goodness! I remember now. It was Albert Pope? Aha! Uh-huh. The Fine Arts Building. Yes, that's, that's right. It. A man with a bad habit. When he went hunting, he wandered everywhere. He trespassed. The judge. Uh, I wish I could remember his name. Well, he warned Albert once, and the next time, fined him and jailed him for a week. And the third time, the judge shot and killed him. Yes, that's right. Incredible.
3: And the judge lived happily ever after.
2: I don't know. Well, that's some story, Homer. It's pretty grim, but uh, it has nothing to do with your disappearing figure. All the same. I'd like to know the whole story. Huh. You've aroused my curiosity. Let me check into it. I'd appreciate it, Homer. You may smile at what we told you, but unless Di and Ben and I are deluded, that engraving has the power to change itself. I mean, it's it's weird.
3: The only explanation is supernatural.
2: As eminent a philosopher as Santayana wrote, there is nothing impossible in the existence of the supernatural. It's existence. Seems to me decidedly probable. Is that what we have encountered here? It seems impossible for a picture to change its composition, and yet three educated, rational persons maintain that the etching did change. Where this will lead us, I have no idea, but I will return in shortly with Act Two. Ourselves into a byway in the strange world of the macabre, and it has led us to a small college town in New Hampshire and to an etching of an old mansion that seems to have the power to change its composition. There's no rational explanation for it. Is there an irrational one? The subject puzzles and disturbs Ted Morris, an assistant professor of fine arts. Perhaps the history of the house will reveal a secret, a clue. But even as he thinks it, he smiles in disbelief. Oh, boy, I know for Since when have you begun talking to yourself? Bill? Oh, yes. Good morning, Ben. <laughs> My mother says persons who talk to themselves are crazy. Well, she's absolutely correct. I have gone over the edge. I see. That's why you sit there behind your desk grading papers mm-hmm. and mumbling to yourself? Is that what I'm doing? Yeah, that's what you were doing. What is it? Uh, ben, uh, there is no figure of a man... Crawling across the lawn up to the house. (laughs) But we saw it. No, it wasn't there when I first looked at the engraving. Then you picked it up, and there it was. And last night, I looked again. The figure was gone. That's crazy. Oh, we are. I showed it to Homer Knowles. He smiled, but, uh, well, he's going to indulge me. He's going to track down the history of the mansion. Oh, good. Yeah, I'd like to know the story you have any idea where the mansion is located? No, no, no. But Homer did recall that it belonged to some judge, a despotic kind of guy. Uh-huh. Now, it seems this Albert Pope was, uh, was an inveterate trespasser. And finally, the judge blasted him. End of Albert. End of our building superintendent. No charge brought against the judge. Wow. Jungle justice. Yeah. That's some story. Well, there may be more to it. Homer's trying to find out. When he does, you're welcome to it and to the etching. I know you like photographs and paintings of old houses. Well, there's more to it than that, Ted. I don't know, for some odd reason, I'm... I'm... Well, I'm sort of drawn to it.
3: Homer, what a pleasant surprise. I
2: haven't dropped in at a bad time, have I, Diane? Uh, come in, Homer. I'm just starting a fire. Let me take your coat. Thank you. My do.
3: And the package?
2: Uh, no, no, no. I want to show you something sat down and Grady. Uh, Had any luck about the history of the house? I'll come to that. But, uh, take a look at the thing. I can't believe it. Well, well, well. So I'm not crazy. When you showed me the picture last night, there was no figure in it. Now, look then.
3: Yes. A figure crouching on the porch.
2: Very sinister. A creeping man. He vanished. And now he appears again, this time on the porch. You know, we are seeing something being acted out. I refuse to believe it. Now, this is nonsense. It's a very old engraving. Changes in the atmosphere may account for these uh, subtle changes. Yes. I can't explain it, but <laughs> that must be it. And our imagination. No, 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 that won't do. We are not imagining what we can see. Now, I want to know about that house, the judge, and that creeping figure. And what have you learned, Homer? The mansion belonged to a Judge Asa Lawrence... A young firebrand. Came to the bench in his 40s. Where? Earned his degree in Boston, went into practice in Orton, and uh, became a judge in 1950. He had a rather heavy hand, really enforced the law. And shot and killed Albert Pope. Oh, no question about that. He must have been mad. No, he wasn't. The amateur deer hunters in Boston, New York, still swarm all over the area during the seasons, and they shoot at anything that moves sometimes at each other. And they can't read. The no trespassing signs mean nothing to them. They've got their guns, and by George, they're going to shoot something. Yes, they're a menace. Well, Judge Lawrence find them busy. But he murdered Albert Polk. Oh, he warned him time and time again. find and jailed him. But Albert did what he pleased. And his wife became a widow. Anything else, Homer? And what about the judge's mansion? It burned to the ground. The judge died from smoke inhalation. When, recently? No, no, no. About three years after he killed Pope. And when did all this take place? Uh, roughly. I'd say about uh, 1954. Mm, so that's the story. Now there's more to it than that, Homer. I would like to reconstruct the whole tragedy from Pope's death to the fire in the mansion. Well, oh, for goodness sake, why? Because
3: there is something
2: significant
3: we don't know. I think so, too. Something's been unfolding before our eyes. Do you know what I think? Go on, guys. I think we've been watching the man who set fire
2: to the judge's house. Oh, my dear Diane. No, 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 it's an idea. You're hallucinating, both well, of you. What about the fire, Homer? Can we find out? Well, I would imagine so. Someone in Orton may remember it. And what about the newspapers? I don't think the Boston papers... Well, no, 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 that's an idea. They might have carried a line or two about the judge's death. Let me check further. I'll leave the engraving with you. Ted! Oh. Oh, my. I simply will not believe it. Yes. The figure on the porch has disappeared.
3: But look there. Do you see it? One of the front room windows is now open. Ted, hey, dear, may I suggest we pack our bags and make our getaway from this forsaken spot? Oh, it's got you, Heather. It's driving up the wall. That engraving is... Well, it's evil.
2: Oh, forget about it, darling.
3: How can I? How can you? We have to explain what's happened to it, Ted, or the whole thing will nag at us until we... until we see ghosts in every corner. Do you believe in the supernatural?
2: No, no, of course not. I... Well, I don't think I do. Who can explain everything? (laughs) It's beyond me. It means something. Something
3: bad. I don't think you ought to give it to Ben. It it might do him some harm.
2: Oh, nonsense. He's... He's drawn to it.
3: He said that?
2: Yeah. Oh, I'll,
3: I'll get it there. Ben's drawn to the engraving.
2: How oh. odd! is this the home of the magic picture? Oh, come in, Ben. <laughs> go go easy on the magic picture talker. Huh? Diane is uh, terribly upset.
3: Oh. Make yourself at home in the Institute for the Befuddled.
2: Anything new happened? Yep, yeah, two things. Homer brought the engraving back, and there, as plain as day, was a figure crouching on the porch.
3: Then the figure disappeared, and there was an open window in the living room of the house.
2: This is really crazy, isn't it? Oh, uh, the engraving is yours, Ben. Homer said to give it to you. Oh, well, thank you. And I'll thank him.
3: You don't want it, Ben. I think it's evil. It has turned back time to some previous awful event.
2: Well, that's a little hard for me to follow.
3: Well, radio sound. All those trillions of airwaves out there. Right here in this room. Now, look, I once read or heard that maybe someday science could capture some of those never-ending sounds. They, they go like ripples when a pebble is tossed into a pond. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Science fiction. Maybe not. Wouldn't you like to hear the uh, uh, Caesar speaking in the form or, or Cleopatra Disraeli and, and any other great man or woman? Yes, but airwaves are a fact. I and mean, what's that got to do with the changing engraving? Well, could it be possible... That here's the engraving of the house, and it's lovely and all that. And then something comes along to defile it, and it, it, it's somehow recorded.
2: Well, that assumes that the house is a living thing. Well, isn't it? A house has its own character. Now, this is too far-fetched for me, Diana. Look,
3: well, do you believe in the supernatural? I've, I've already asked
2: Ted. Well, yes. I can't define what I mean by it. But insights come to me that I can't explain. Like, well, coming up here for graduate study, something compelled me to. There was some kind of uh, intervention in me that that led me here. That's all I'm saying, Ben. That's it.
3: There must have been some kind of intervention with the house, and it's recreating what it was.
2: It has a mystery to reveal or a, a tragedy to show us. I, I swear it. So so it's like a soap opera. Uh? Tune in tomorrow to find out what happens next. Yeah, except that they never end,
3: do they? <laughs> this will end. We'll watch the picture. You watch it, Ben, if you really want to take it home until the engraving has retold its story. May I see
2: the engraving? Sure, it's over there on the table. Oh. That entire bequest from Mrs. Pope may have been worthless, but... Now, oh, this engraving of hers. Now what? Well, that must be right. The engraving's changed again. What? The figure has emerged from the house and is halfway down the path. He's got a bundle in his arms. No, look more closely, both of you.
3: That is no bundle. The man is carrying a small
2: child. Yes. Yes, who is it? Ben Ware, Professor. I uh, noticed your light. Hello. Oh, it's perfectly all right, Ben. I'm <laughs> pleased to see you when students drop in. Makes me think I'm still part of a living scene. Oh, you're more than that, Professor. You're a living legend. Oh, dear, I hope not. Come, sit down. Ah, you have the engraving. Yes, uh, Ted said I could have it. Yes, of course. Complexity, isn't it? There's been another change in the engraving. There's a man leaving the house and carrying a small child in his arms. The devil, you say. Now, what in the world can that mean? We don't know, but... Ted said you were going to check the newspapers, Yes, so I am. A former student of ours is assistant editor of Boston Newspaper. He'll check his morgue in the morning, but... Uh, oddly enough, he remembered something about Judge Lawrence. The house in the engraving burned down. Do you know that? Yes, sir. Um, I'm more interested in what happened earlier, at the time that Albert Pope was murdered. Well, I do know a little about that, Ben. After Albert was shot and killed... His brother Steve arrived with murder in his eyes. Even before the funeral, the brother was threatening to kill Judge Lawrence. But he didn't, huh? No. The judge died in the fire, and that was three years later. Did the brother try to get even with the judge? I don't know. Hmm. That's what I'm interested in, Professor. Why is that, my boy? Uh, Because of a figure in the picture. Uh, Was it the judge who was running away with a child of his own? You think the child was abducted? From the changes we've seen in the picture, a man sneaked into the house and came out carrying a child. I see. Not likely to be the judge. Did Judge Lawrence preside here? Uh, No, in Orton, a few miles away. Maybe I'll drive over there and ask some questions. Someone's sure to remember the fire, but I don't think you'll learn much about the murder. Albert Pope lived here. Yeah, but I might learn something about the judge... You know, how old he was when he died. Was he married? Did he have children? What's become of the survivors? And the story doesn't end with that man sneaking out of the house. Oh, perhaps not. If I learn anything from Boston, I'll tell Ted. Yeah, I'll do the same if I learn anything in Orton. I suggest that you begin in the general store. It's the Gossip Center. Uh, <laughs> Enjoy your engraving. I'm going to photograph it tonight. You are? Well, for heaven's sake, why? The old mansion burned down, Remember? Are you suggesting... No, I like the etching. I just want to be sure I have a record of it. Just in case it disappears. No matter what the outcome may be of the engraving that unexplainably altered itself. First, to show a foreground figure. Then, an open window. And then, the figure leaving the old mansion with a child in his arms. We're at a loss to rationalize this phenomenon. History may supply the answer. After Professor Knowles talks with that Boston newspaper editor, we may know more. I'll return with Act Three shortly. You've heard of the poltergeist. That word is German for noise and ghost. Many will attest to visits by these noisy phantoms. They're noisy, all right. Wrapping here and moving objects there, they exist. No question about it. Well, if they can manifest themselves as supernatural visitors, why can't we accept what we have already heard? An old engraving of a house alters itself, and what the beholder sees begins to piece together a tragic story of long ago. So far, we know of a murder, a death in a fire... And we have had a hint of an abduction. It is late the next day at Ted Morris's house. Ben may stop by Homer if he returns early enough for Morton. You know he was correct about one part of the story. Ted Ben suspected that the figure carrying the small child from the house was a kidnapper. I knew it. I spoke to a friend of mine in Boston late this morning. The back issues covered the story, and briefly, it's an ugly story.
3: Someone kidnapped the judge's child. Uh,
2: no, uh, Diane. Uh, let's let's take it step by step. Huh? Albert Pope was murdered. His brother, Steve, came up here from Chicago for the funeral. He was outraged at Judge Lawrence. And a week later, the judge's small boy, about three years old, was abducted. The brother did it. Well, that's what everyone assumed, but there was no proof. Steve Pope was arrested in Chicago, but he was freed for lack of evidence. But there is more to it than that, Ted. Whoever kidnapped the child committed murder. (gasps) No. The governess was stabbed to death. Good Lord. I wondered how a man could break into the house and walk away with a small boy without being detected. And and the judge's wife? That's another part of this tragic story. She had died in childbirth. Perhaps that explains in part why Judge Lawrence was such a harsh man. He married late, and by the time he was 40, he'd lost his wife, and then his little boy was abducted.
3: What a tragic story.
2: Yes, I'm rather sorry I unearthed it. And they never found a trace of the child? None. The search went on for months. The loss, Judge Lawrence's two losses, seemed to break his spirit.
3: How is it possible for... No, I suppose it is possible. I was about to ask how a child can just...
2: Banish. Well, in a big city, it's not all that difficult. The child is abandoned at an orphanage or at a home. But they'd report it, Ted. Well, they should, but just read the papers. There's always a story of an abandoned child. Well... There's the whole story. Yeah. And the etching recreated the fact. Yes, the essential one.
3: The story without an ending.
2: Has this Steve Pope ever been back here? Or or did you ever speak to Albert's widow about all this? No, but uh, I have been wondering how Mrs. Pope came to acquire the engraving. My guess is that uh, she simply bought it here, but why would Mrs. Pope want a picture of the home of a man who killed her husband? She may have wanted it as a reminder of her husband's murder. Yes, as a talisman... Albert was a happy-go-lucky fellow. His wife uh, was somewhat hard. Yeah, with a grim sense of humor.
3: Homer, one more question. Can we find a picture of Judge Lawrence, a photograph, even one of him
2: in his robe? Oh, I should think so. Would you ask your Boston friend to mail us one? I should think there'd be an official picture of the judge in the Orton courthouse. Of course. Why'd you want it, darling?
3: I'd rather not say. You might laugh. Let me say only that, um, uh, I've got a
2: hunch. I really must thank Professor Knowles. He's gone to a lot of trouble about the story behind the engraving. Well, it's been diverting, Ben. Not that anyone will believe it. Well, some old codgers in Orton confirm it, Ted. The story, I mean. I meant the engraving that kept on changing its composition. Oh, no, no, no. There's no explanation for that.
3: Something activated it.
2: Yeah, and still is, Diane. The thing's changed again. Now what? Last night, I shot a photograph of the etching. I had a hunch that something might happen. It did. I brought it along to show you. It's... Oh, the etching is scorched. Yep. It's from the fire that burned down the house. Oh, so, the cycle is completed. Yeah, and there's an end to it.
3: And somewhere, somewhere out there is a small boy, perhaps dead and forgotten. Or an alive, grown man. Oh, I'd certainly like to talk to Steve Pope.
2: Well, I wouldn't. I've had enough of the engraving. Now, look, all this took place 25 years ago. Please, let's drop it.
3: You drop it. You and Ben and Homer. You have no imagination. I'm going to do some research on my own.
2: Your research, darling, is based on
3: hunch. And hunch is intuition. What's your hunch, Diane? It's so far-fetched that even if it's correct, I don't think I'll tell. It'll
2: come to you across a crowded room?
3: Hey, that's it. What's what? That line from South Pacific
2: in the song, of course. What are you talking about, Diane?
3: How does one fall in
2: love? I don't remember.
3: Come on, don't be funny. I'm serious. Isn't there some magical attraction that strikes two persons at the same time? You know in a glance that, that you're meant for each other. That's corny, but you know you know that you're intertwined in every way.
2: Yeah, but what the devil has falling in love got to do with the engraving?
3: You don't see it, Ben?
2: Nope.
3: Well, I do. I know the answer, and I'm going to prove it.
2: Now, Diane, why won't you tell me? Because if
3: I'm wrong, I'd look like a fool, and I don't want to cause embarrassment. Would you give me a hint? I'd I'd rather not, Ted. You'll just have to wait until tomorrow.
2: Have you some wild theory about Steve Pope?
3: No, that's not it. If the police couldn't convict him, I sure can't. Oh, he did it all right.
2: I suppose the police could check all the orphanages and adoption homes in Chicago, but well, they probably did that already, and who knows if the if the little boy was dropped in Chicago.
3: I don't know. That's a good
2: point. Well, of course, he, he wouldn't have been dropped in a small city. A person can be anonymous only in a big one.
3: I still think Chicago.
2: Uh, more intuition.
3: Huh? Oh, you make fun of it, Ted. But you've had hunches, haven't you? Yes,
2: yes. I must admit that I have. But I can't imagine what you have in mind... Well, now, what's this that you have to do tomorrow? Right? I'm
3: going to the courthouse.
2: Oh, yes, yes. To try to find a picture of Judge Lawrence? What else?
3: I may make a long-distance telephone call. Oh, you've
2: lost me. There's
3: something I have to find out, but I don't quite know how to go about it. I I don't want to come right out and ask a blunt question.
2: Oh, <laughs> Since when? You won't give me an inkling of what you're up to?
3: All right. Just an inkling. Shoot. Think about the engraving.
2: Mm-hmm. Go on.
3: You brought it home from Mrs. Pope's. Mm -hmm. You said it lacked a figure in the foreground to give it a focal point.
2: That's right, I did.
3: When did the figure appear?
2: Uh, The second time we looked at it.
3: Think about what you just said,
2: my dear Ted,
3: and you'll have the clue. Come in. What a grisly day. Oh, I love it. (laughs) You have to be crazy, but thanks for coming to my rescue. Drop your coat and come in. I have hot coffee. Great. Ted had to take the car. I know. He's giving a lecture in Putney. I'll be glad to drive you to Orton. Oh, that's very kind of you, Ben. Do sit down. Hmm. This will warm you up.
2: Oh, thank you.
3: Are the roads passable?
2: Yeah, sure. And Orton's not far away. Nice little town. I had a good visit there. Did I tell you I saw the judge's former estate? No. The house
3: is gone, I suppose.
2: Yeah, leveled years ago, and the rubble's been hauled away. The land's been developed. Who owns it now? Do you know? Some real estate company, uh, Country Homes. They've sold off a number of three-acre estates. The judge owned about 50 acres. Must have been something back in the 50s. Beautiful property facing the river.
3: Judge, landowner, artist. Hmm. Quite a man. And he was only 40 when he died. When you received your Master of Fine Arts, what then, Ben? Back to Chicago?
2: Oh, no. No, New Hampshire is in my blood. I hope to teach here at the college or at one of the nearby prep schools.
3: And your parents, wouldn't they like to have you closer by?
2: Well, they've never understood me. Oh, no, not another one of those. Oh, no, 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 of course not. No, they're wonderful. I mean, they wanted me to take a good job in something in Chicago. You know, get married, have children, visit every week. (laughs) You know, the conventional.
3: And along you come and you like art with a
2: capital A. Yeah, right. They shook their heads, but they never stood in my way. They're great. You'll meet them at commencement. They know all about you and Ted.
3: How do you explain your interest in fine arts? Have you ever tried?
2: No, I can't. I mean, there's nothing in their background to suggest an interest of that kind. Oh? My dad's a shipping clerk in a big book company. Mom's just a housewife.
3: Any uh, brothers and sisters?
2: No, they never could have any children of their own. After you, you mean? No. What I said. Then? I was adopted. Oh, wow, what a drive. How did the lecture go? Beautifully. Uh, Did uh, Ben drive you over to Orton? Yep. You uh, found what you wanted?
3: Yep.
2: Hey, would you knock off the country dialect and tell all? No. Wait a second. You have been devious, haven't you? Yep. Uh, would Would you please stop that? Now, you insisted that I drive our car because... And don't say yet, or I'll slug you. You wanted to be with Ben. Yep. Oh, Ted, you're marvelous. Yes, and you're replaceable. Do you know that? (laughs) Now, now, stop being coy. Did you find a picture of Judge Lawrence?
3: I found more than that. My intuition was correct. Well, tell all. Not so fast. Telephone Homer and insist he come right over this minute. I want both of you to hear what I have to say. And then, and I'm not joking, Ted... We have a vital decision to make.
2: So that's the tragic judge, Jason Lawrence. Handsome man.
3: Is that all you see, Homer? Ted.
2: Should we see something more?
3: Study the photograph. Make allowance for the old-fashioned hairstyle. Now, doesn't he remind you of someone?
2: Oh, my... It's the image of Ben Ware. Why, so it is. What an astonishing coincidence. Oh, coincidence.
3: Why do you think Ben was, well, as he said, drawn to the engraving? Why does he, a young man from Chicago, love New Hampshire? And, Ted, it was when Ben picked up the engraving that it began to change.
2: That's astonishing.
3: And wait until you hear this. Ben was adopted... Judge Asa Lawrence was Ben's father And Ben was the little boy kidnapped Soon after Albert Pope's death Taken to Chicago, abandoned And adopted by Ben's foster parents The Wears Incredible But true So, now gentlemen What do we do?
2: Hmm. I don't know Homer? Conceal your discovery, Diane Ben's a happy young man And Wearer is a good name if we tell him what we know, his life would be violently disrupted. The publicity would be unnerving. We'd cause trouble for Ben's foster parents and gain what? Nothing. But, but he'd inherit... Oh, after almost 25 years, Ted, I doubt if there's anything to inherit. That's my advice.
3: I agree with it, Helmer. Yep,
2: so do I. Hm. I hope the judge would understand. Oh, uh... Once again, we complete an odd tale with an ending you may wish to challenge. It is a hackneyed proverb that states that the violent by violence fall. But hackneyed or not, it's true. Frontier justice draws retribution. That is the tragic moral to be drawn from what we have heard. I'll return shortly. Scheme of things, each of us is an unsolvable mystery. Who are you, really? Even if you can trace your roots back a thousand years, what preceded them? We are the creatures both of heredity and of environment, and what stirs in our subconscious cannot be exactly explained. Judge Lawrence shot and killed a man, his young son was kidnapped. The judge died in a fire. Why can anyone really explain that sequence of events? Our cast included Paul Hecht, Patricia Elliott, Tony Roberts, and Ralph Bell. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. See everything out of this window. Well, we know we could be plunging, saving to avoid. Well, I doubt it. As long as the train stays on the tracks, they do lead somewhere, you know. Why? Right. You... To I wonder where. Skeppington Junction. That's where I'm headed. Are you sure? Hmm. I don't quite understand. I saw a play once about some people on an ocean liner traveling in a fog, and none of them really knew where they were going. Oh, yeah. Outward bound. Oh, boy, you see, if didn't happen wherever they going, they were really all Well, that ain't true about us, Mrs. Winchelman. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our Mystery Theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.